Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. All right, Coach Torrey, Season 11, coming at our listeners. Uh, wow, Season 11. Like, even just to say Season 11, I was talking to another buddy of ours, uh, John Perry, who just started his own podcast, Never Stop Getting Better, and he's starting his introduction. He's like, well, what season are y'all on? I was like, season 11. He goes, holy shit. <laughs> kind of had the same thinking, like, wow, like we have, uh, we've been on this thing for a long time. Yeah, and I think what's great about it is, again, I told you in the very beginning that I'd do it as long as it wasn't going to be work. The minute it felt like work, uh, then I'm out. Same. But you know, I know you felt the same way too. And then uh, here we are. And I know our schedules aren't always compatible, right? Like wrestling season is a bear for me. We both coach football, so that's easier because we're kind of on the same wavelength. But wrestling's a bear for me. Track is crazy for you. Mm-hmm. Spring sports into summer. Now we're slowing down a little bit heading to summer. But yeah, it's a whirlwind. So um, I know a lot of like TV shows celebrate their 100th episode. We are beyond that. So it's it's neat. It's neat to see this. And, and again, I think that's what's cool about culture is we're only scratching the surface. Yeah. Like we haven't really even, it's not even like we're close to being done no. with content. No. And you're exactly right about that. Like we're, we're 130 something in, which to go back and to be fully transparent to our listeners, I went back and listened to our very first one. Cause I was helping JP do some stuff. <laughs> I said, Dude, you're going to try this thing like 20 times, 25 times to get it sounding right. I said, it's never going to be right. Uh, I wish I could tell you that we just push play and record and we let it rip when we first started, but we didn't. Uh, right. And here we are now, like just two dudes. We've upgraded from the closet and the car. Remember? I mean, remember all that stuff? Yeah, yeah right, right. Hey, I still keep those in my back pocket for as needed. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it's it's fun, like. When I start thinking about our eleven, our ten seasons prior, and now we're into season eleven, of how how much fun this is, just to get to share uh, with you, and then to share with our listeners, and where this took off from. Uh, it, it, you talk about culture. We didn't know each other from Adam, and it was over a scheduling graphic, and through a conversation on the phone late at night about what you wanted this thing to look like has morphed into this, um, or I think we've impacted a couple of people, um, which if I it's one so person, too. it's great. If it's one person, it's great. Well, it's impacted me if nothing else, right? Because like some of the people that I have the best relationships with in our profession, teaching and coaching, they're people that have joined, I didn't know before the podcast, and now sure. they're in my inner circle. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the power of it, right? Like find your tribe. That's as I finish out teaching eighth graders, I'm encouraging them all like they're going out trying all these different things some of their friends are doing some of the same things some of them aren't find find your people find your tribe right like that's really what it's about and uh i've been able to do that in the podcast a great way yeah I, when you said that i think about how circles you want to shrink your circle of the circle of trust so it's like shrinking of the circles where you have your coaching community and then that circle gets smaller with the people that share the same values as you and then it shrinks even smaller with how they carry out and live their life. And then it shrinks really small to where I think in our circle, you know, one of my best friends in the whole entire world, I've never still met you in person. We're going to change that this summer, uh, is right. you. Uh, so my inner circle 
you know, friends is, is you and greatly appreciate uh, just these, I, what is it five years now? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, the, the, the years just kind of go by, <laughs> right? And I greatly appreciate it as well. And the feelings mutual. And I mean, that's the thing about your inner circle. Not only should you keep it tight, but you need to prune it every once in a while yeah. too. And there's a weed that pops up here and there and they got to right. go. And um, I'm grateful that you're not one of those weeds. Yeah, we'll see. So. I don't know. We started when I was in my 30s and you were in your 30s. We've been in our 40s now, so we'll see how this goes. Um, but anyway. Getting, getting more set in our ways, crotchety, right? Like yeah. Get off the lawn kind of person. <laughs> well, um, as we start season 11, I think it's only appropriate uh, that we start with a topic that you put on my heart. And it's something I think coaches think about a lot. Um and they try to convey it to their team. I'm going to let you uh, open yeah. it up to our listeners. But uh, just as, as you start listening to this, I, I want people to understand you got to go back in your time machine uh, to maybe your fifth grade self, sixth grade self, seventh grade self. And I'm going to leave it at that, and I'm going to let you take over. No, I think it's great. I had this thought, right? And I think coaches who listen to us, they've they've done the work inside themselves. They're doing the work, the deep work inside themselves. We understand who we are. That's the difference from the 30s and the 40s. You know, like I understand who I am a lot better in my 40s than I did in my 30s. And the great part is there's kind of this process of reverse aging, right? Like now that I've got a teenager almost in my household, it's like, oh, man, I can go back to my 13 or 14-year-old self. And I know what it's like to be 13 or 14. Not in today's world, but I know what it's like to to be that age, right? And I can go back to my 20s when I'm chasing down my dreams and – and uh I can go to my 30s when I'm starting a family. And, you know, I think about people that are just starting to have babies right now or getting married. It's like, you know, those things are tough. You truly don't know until you're in it. Right. And now it's like, I don't like my wife and I have gotten rid of all of our baby stuff. We are <laughs> never going back to that phase. Like, I, gone. Like, same. get it out of here. I don't even want to look at it. Right. Right. Same. And, same. And so I think that's the beauty of getting older, right? Uh, I once heard that like getting old is a privilege and the reverse aging is true because it takes you back to a former version of yourself. And you can remember the things that are important, even though the world has changed, what's important to you then it, you can relate to people and what's important to them now. And I was hit by this thought earlier this spring talking with another coach uh, or a group of coaches and I think I know when I fell in love with the game of football, hmm. right? And uh, I've said it before, but my brother-in-law is a uh, is is a surgeon and uh, does really well for himself. He's in his residency right now. He's killing it. He was an All-American wrestler, so he gets sports. But he loves being a doctor as much as he loves sports. And I told him, I go, Austin, you know, if you ever have to operate on me, you're going to have to cut through a lot of pigskin, man. <laughs> like, you better get that scalpel sharp. And uh, I, so – I think that's a question we know in ourselves is when we fell in love with the game, but are we communicating that with others? Mm -hmm. Are we having our kids fall in love with the game? And so I just want to start out season 11 with that simple question, coach Weaver, because I've known you for five or six years now. And it's like, I, I don't know why you love the game of football. <laughs> so I'm going to sit back and I'm going to listen and then I'll share mine. Well, I'm glad you prefaced me with this, but it I'll automatically go back to bus 92-8 when we move from Jackson back to Vicksburg. And uh, I was hit, I was in the band when we lived in Jackson for the first time and uh, played the cornet, played the trumpet, I was really good. I'd always challenge like Meredith Skelton, she was always the first chair. And we'd have, uh, we do our scales for chair order. 
I would get like 12th, 13th, 14th share. But in a week's time, we could challenge. And uh, I'll never forget this. Jesse Fortenberry was like 15 or 16. She's always right by me. And she's like, are you going to challenge Meredith? I was like, absolutely I am. And I'd challenge her. I'd beat her. And I'd be first chair for a day until somebody else would challenge me. And that was it. So fast forward in seventh grade uh, was my last year in, at Rosa Scott here in Jackson. Um, and we moved back to Vicksburg. We could have moved to Vicksburg or Los Alamitos, California. And I really, I dabbled in football. Like I played it just because like I was tackling people by pulling their jersey down. I was like 5'3", 145 pounds. I was a runt and uh, never really thought about it. Like we'd had inner squads and all that stuff. And then we moved when I was going into the eighth grade. Well, I went from like 5'3", five, 5'4", five, to like 5'11", in one summer, which is crazy. And I was poised with, we could either go to Warren Central, who had a hit, rich history of high school football, or St. Aloysius, where my mom went. So my dad went to Warren Central, my mom went to St. Al. And I was like, I, I'm going to go to Warren Central. My dad's like, they have a great band, big blues, an awesome band, all that stuff. Well, first day of school comes, I get walking up our driveway, I get to walk up our driveway, and I'm holding my burgundy cornet case as I walk up. Well, here comes bus 92-8. And I was hit with a, what am I going to do? I wanted to do something different. Here I am. I've grown up like I'm taller, uh, heavier, and uh, the bus pulls up. And then in a matter of like 10 seconds, I leave the cornet at the bus stop. And I get on the bus. And they... Uh, Two of the people, Erin Brooks was one of them. She was like, you're on the wrong bus. I was like, no, I'm in eighth grade. <laughs> I'm in eighth grade. She goes, you're on the wrong bus. I was like, no, I'm in the eighth grade. I promise. And um, my mom comes running out and she's like, you left your trumpet. You left your trumpet. I was like, I'm done. I'm signed up for athletics. And she's like, you're doing what? Your dad wanted you to play in Big Blue and the whole story, you know. And I was like, mom, I'm, I'm done. It's kind of like that first big boy decision, you know, like I'm signed up for athletics. So I signed up for athletics. Um Ended up playing and dressing out, and that's where Warren Central football, the lore of it of in Mississippi is unbelievable. Robert Morgan uh, and the whole rich history, of the, rich history of the Morgan. But here's where I fell in love with it. So I told you all that back information. I fell in love with it when we went out to practice, and I was bigger, so I had a little bit more confidence. And it was something about the team. Like, yes, band's a team, and it's in, like, you're, you're still part of a group. Um, but th it felt different. You were in a locker room. You had shared goals of people that wanted to win, uh, to do their best. You had somebody pouring into you to educate you. Uh, not just, hey, we got to win, but they were teaching us. And then the, the aha moment, eighth grade, spring training, or summer, all that stuff, we're learning. The high school coaches come, and they coach us. And they poured into us to where I saw where Warren Central had 90 kids dressing out on high school. We had 110 in the junior high playing, uh, where it was one of those things of that's why. And I'm wearing a red shirt today just by coincidence, but there was something about on Highway 27 uh, where the high school was, the red helmet, the red jersey, and the red pants on a Friday night with the red face mask, like the all red. And it just, it's in me to where... I loved the game so much that it happened in eighth grade and it loved it so much that I knew in the eighth grade that I wanted to coach. And I told my grandfather and my parents, like, what do you want to do? And they want me to be an environmental engineer. 
Well, nothing about environmental and nothing about engineer in the eighth grade sounded fun at all. And my grandfather, who went to LSU, Harvard, and MIT, my dad was in the Corps of Engineers, went the Army route. My mom was a banker. Like, nobody in education was even in my direct family. Um, and they, they're like, you're never going to make any money. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do it. Like, there's all of these. And I just stuck to my guns because I loved the game of football so much. And that's why I'm still in it. Been in this association for 18 years. I've been a part of a football year every year since 1994 when I was in eighth grade. And it was coaches, and it was uh, the tradition of that school, and it, it turned out that I just didn't want to be in the band anymore. I, I didn't want to play the trumpet. I wanted to I wanted to be walking in the field house as the band was coming out, and I heard, and I hear the trumpets and all that playing rather than being on the field doing that. But it's, it's a strong love to where uh, we're going to the beach uh, in two days, and I'm bringing a football down, and it's like one of those things people are like, you love baseball? It's like, I, I like it, but I love right. football. Like, it's just something about it. And when people tell you, like, it's the ultimate team sport, it is. All 11 do the right thing at the right time, you score a touchdown. But there's there's so much of it. I'm like you, though. They're going to cut cut through some layers of pigskin because whether it's old NFL films, whether it's college football or it's the XFL – or this USFL, if it's on, I have my eyes on it. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I, it went back to eighth grade for me, to where now it's just a staple in my life, to where I think the word coach uh, is a lot of merit when you start even saying, like, hearing your name called coach is kind of the same as a doctor. Like, you, that's an honor in my opinion. But uh, it was the eighth grade and back at Warren Jr. and I put the cornet down. And With the Pro Quick Draw and Quick Cut integration, you are able to seamlessly incorporate drawings, data, and video between the two platforms. Start by adding a PQD template, select plays from your library, then to access your Quick Cut media, select the Quick Cut Play Library button. From here, I can navigate my cut up and select the playlist that I want to use. You can choose whichever data you want to view, and then you can even sort and filter that within here. Next, I'm going to add a one-up to this diagram and hit the add button. From here, I can double-click my video and drop in that cut-up. And then if I wanted to, I could add another playlist, add another play, creating a new PowerPoint slide, and then I can simply double-click and add another piece of video. When ready to create your presentation, go up to the Quick Cut tab and choose Upload Playbook as New Playlist. Select the cut-up folder that you would like to use, name your presentation, and hit Upload. When completed, open up QuickCut. Navigate to the folder that you uploaded it to, and now you can see there's the generic PowerPoint slide, here's our one PQD slide, and there's the video. Well, that's incredible. Like, And for our listeners, I didn't know any of that about you. <laughs> um, it's crazy how similar our life paths have been. I was a runt, like I was small. Uh, I'm the oldest in my family. I have a, a sister who is one year younger than I have a brother who's four years younger, and I was the littlest one growing up. So everyone thought I was the baby. No, I'm the oldest. Um, when I was in, when I was a freshman, I was 89 pounds and 4'11". And uh, I, I weighed 89. Just put this in perspective. And I wrestled 103. So for those of you, like, that was the lowest weight class. And for those of you that don't understand, like, uh, wrestling, 14 pounds is a lot to give up uh, when you're competing. Um, so I wasn't very good at all. But 
uh, my senior year, they measured us for cap and gowns in at, in October, and I was five one. And when my cap and gown came in May, I was six two. So I ended up wearing my my choir robe to. I, I was a speaker at graduation. I ended up wearing my choir robe because the one they ordered me didn't fit me anymore. So it's crazy the life uh, similarities that you and I have experienced. Um, and I think that fuels who we are today mm-hmm. because I've heard it once say that coaches are just they're just average athletes that are overachievers. Mm. And that is totally how I describe myself. Uh, we're walking out of a wrestling tournament this uh, this past year, and one of the kids goes, Coach Tori, were you good in high school? And I was like, no. And I, I went back to the Rolodex of my mind. I don't even remember winning a match. Like, I don't remember winning a match. I'm sure I did, but it's like, I don't even remember. <laughs> so maybe it's just the CTE that's coming back from, right. uh, from all the other things that have happened to me. But... Um, so I don't know. I think it's a, a crazy story where you had to make a choice, right? I did. And the true, the Robert Frost, two roads diverge in the woods and, uh, what one are you going to take? And no looking back. No. And it, 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 I mean, I was a quarterback. Um, we were under center. So it really wasn't flashy, but you know, Josh Morgan, who played at Mississippi state was unbelievable. That's coach Morgan's son was our quarterback and I was like I got to find a way to get on the field like I love it so much or like play receiver and I was like well, we don't throw the ball you know so I started punting and kicking yeah. and I loved it so much that you know I'm I would still run like third stream quarterback I would go in like for four plays in a game we're blowing somebody out and uh man it just turned into I did it in college or community college at Heinz and then I turned it into Delta State still punting um, got a scholarship there, turned in to be a GA, and then I tried out for the Falcons in 05, and all the kids were like, how'd that happen? Like, how'd you do? I was like, I'm here. <laughs> That's how it turned out. Oh. So that decision back in eighth grade has transformed my life in a whole different trajectory of, you know, if we're going left or go right. And and I had to make a decision in the eighth grade. And that's part of the biggest things, right? We tell kids now, like, make a decision and go with it. Whether it's right or wrong, you got to go with it. Um, yeah. You know, it's like the 40% rule or 40-80 rule. Once you know 40% to 80% of the decision, like just go with it and let the chips fall where they may. And um, I don't know. It's been good. Uh, football's given a lot back to me. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's my turn now. Yep. Uh, I write about it in my book a little bit, but my first word was ball. So not mom or dad. It was ball. Like I always growing up had a ball in my hand. It was usually some kind of football. Um, my dad, uh, my dad's John Candy. So 6'4", long, shaggy hair, 300 pounds when I was growing up, like just that oaf. Like he was a theater major in college, and so not an athlete, but just a good human. And like always, always like nothing bothered my dad, right? Like never got never got uh, down on anything. John Candy. John Candy is how I was raised. And, um, you know, grew up on a farm in obscurity in the middle of nowhere, our next neighbor, our next door neighbor was a mile away. Our next farmer, you know, ended up being Adam Timmerman. For those of you that that know a little bit about offensive line in the NFL, he played in five Super Bowls, uh, won a couple of them, one with the Rams, one with the Packers. But that was, he's five years older than me. That's that's my next door neighbor growing up. And so I didn't have anyone. Like I just would throw a tennis ball against the shed for hours, right? Or, uh, I mean, and 
I had a basketball hoop, but it was like put in the ground in, in like a cow pasture, like literally on a telephone pole in a cow pasture, no concrete. So like dribbling sucks on grass and especially like in a cow pasture, but I just couldn't get enough of it. I always had a ball in my hand. Uh, and then I also had uh, always wore a Jersey to school. So like something about some kind of Jersey. So my mom still texts me on Halloween every day every year she goes hey who are you gonna be for halloween this year what player and it's like last year i was walter payton you know um i don't know who i'll be the next year but uh, i just ordered a tom rathman jersey so uh probably going to be someone like that you know um but that always had a jersey on so didn't matter what team uh but my heroes you know in the 80s and in the 90s like always had a jersey and something about being the late 80s where my grandpa was a marine and i always had a flat top my flat top was you know, in 1988, Randall Cunningham style. So, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing like being a white kid from rural <laughs> Iowa wearing a Randall Cunningham flat top. But my grandpa gave me one choice for a haircut. That was it. So I was going to maximize it. But I don't know, just grew up in obscurity and sports were my escape. I got a Sports Illustrated that showed up to my house every Thursday. And, you know, a 90 page magazine now doesn't mean what it did when you've got 90 pages and like five of them are going to be dedicated to football and the rest are other sports. But that's got to get me from Thursday to Thursday. That's right. Uh, The other thing was I grew up with three TV channels. So uh, we had an old rabbit ear antenna with like tinfoil and had to adjust it constantly. The picture was awful. and uh, I was the remote control, so my dad would kind of smack me on the back of the head. That was my cue. Oh, okay, I need to go adjust the volume. Or, oh, let's let's watch a different channel now. But um, our thing, and I know we've talked about it on our podcast before, Monday night football is still a big uh. deal to me. Like that, There were no games in primetime back then. Like even in the tractor when I was doing farm work, um, you know, we got AM. So it was Iowa Hawkeye football. Uh that's that was on Saturdays, and then on Sundays, maybe you could hope to get Denver, the Broncos, uh, if the weather was right, coming off the mountains, or maybe Kansas City, um, KFAB. But that's what we listened to only AM, and and that was the games that were on that was available. So Monday Night Football, I could always count on a prime time game. Mm-hmm. Plus Monday in high school sports and ac- activities was usually the lightest day of the week, right? Like. You're done, JV game maybe or whatever else, but we weren't very good, so we didn't play a lot of JV when I was in high school. I was a flanker. We ran the ball 90% of the time, you know. And why was I flanker? Because it's like, where else are you going to put a 90-pound kid right. who's like <laughs> bad to fall off him, you know, plastic face mask? I mean, it's comical to laugh now, like what changes the game has made in 30 years. But, you, had the, you had the middle uh, bar down the middle with the two plastic and the white helmet. and right. Right. Ours was black. Ours was black plastic. But it's like you would never put a kid in a plastic helmet today. No. And, and that was that was that. that was the way it was in the early 90s. Right. Yeah. And I just I don't know. I just always remember that my dad and I still our relationship is based on football. We talk, talk or text every day during football season. And then it's usually once every few days throughout the rest of the year. But man, when football season comes around, because my dad doesn't leave the farm, even though we sold it a few years ago, it's like that's still our connection so i'm grateful for that opportunity but i texted you a picture of my younger self uh, a couple days ago where it's like the hutch uniform right like my cousins moved to denver in the mid 80s and what a phenomenal time to get started on on being a broncos fan right like elway the orange crush 
I mean, and there I am playing catch. Yes, I'm throwing the ball up, and my brother has no interest in sports, so it's me and the dog. So I'd throw it up to myself, or we had a big birch tree in my in my yard, and that was kind of my field goal. I'd kick it into the field goal. But hours and hours and hours spent on the farm just in my own world, right, wearing my uniform, wearing my Elway jersey, my Broncos helmet, my my pants, my cleats. Um, I remember after uh, Super Bowl 24, the 55 to 10 debacle, right? Like, I remember getting stuffed in a locker the next day because I wore my Elway jersey. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, when you're a fan, it's what you do, right? And that's who it is. And that's that's who I am I all the time. So uh, I grew up a Broncos fan because my cousins moved to Denver in the in the mid-80s. And, I mean, it was just everything about it from that point on I loved. And, and I still – for our listeners, they know I read a lot. They know that um, I enjoy, you know, stories about athletics. My favorite stories are still from the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. that that golden year. It takes me back to my childhood self all the time. And uh, I just love listening to stories of yesteryear and going back and be like, oh, yeah, I totally remember that. Or, or you know what, I was um, just reading a book on the Bears recently and uh, written by um, uh, McMichael. And... Uh, in there, he talks about the uh, the honey bears, and I don't even remember them. Like they were, they were the like the honey bears started in the seventies and eighties, and they were like the the bears version of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Right. And then Bears management kind of had a you know threw them to the side because they didn't. But it's like I love that. I've forgotten all about the honey bears, you know. And so uh, just different things like that. But um, that's the love of the game. And I think whenever you meet other people and our job as coaches, in my opinion, is to share the game, mm-hmm. right? People shared it with me. My dad shared it with me from when I was a, a, just a little, little tyke and I'm sharing it with my son. And, uh, I like other sports. I mean, I like to golf and I like wrestling and I run on the track and I exercise, but man, there is nothing like football. Nothing, nothing like it. We both share this love for football. Did you ever have the guy like you, smashed his head down he kicked the football through the uprights and then you collected the little miniature helmets and our listeners i know you know what we're talking about like you smash the dude's head he kicks the football and you're trying to kick it down the hallway through the uprights uh, i did that I'm like huh super tell yeah somebody yeah and it, i was like probably 11 10 something like that and uh and then collected the helmets like how many miniature nfl helmets could i collect and when monday night football would yeah. come on the gumballs, and you put the stickers on, and the stripes, and the face, everything. Oh, it's that takes me back. That's look. There's nothing like my dad had. Uh, he used to bowl, and Monday night I would go with him, and he would bowl, and then I would go in the bar, which I probably shouldn't have been in, uh, and they had a TV and Monday Night Football with Al Michaels. Yeah. Bum 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 yeah. bum, and, and that's that's it. Like that's. Well, that's our world from the time I was a little guy, like my, my son's five right now. And like, from the time I was probably my son's age, maybe even earlier, I didn't have a bedtime on Monday on in the fall, because as long as I got my dad beer all night, like I could stay up as late as one. So I, I remember being a little guy, my dad shaking his empty beer can and okay, I guess dad needs another one. Right. Go to the fridge, come back, grab him one and good deal for both of us. Right. Like my dad, my dad has a little, uh, little waiter all night and uh, I get to stay up as late as I want and watch the game. But yeah, it's moments like that. None, you know, what's great about that. None of that costs anything. Zero dollars. Nothing. I, I just, my whole, 
my whole day is going to be awesome now. Just thinking about why I love the game. We get a week off, but I get to come back June 5th, and it's my challenge for our, our listeners and the coaches that are listening to this is when you start the summer, every day that you go to practice, remember why you love the game and give that back to that kid. Make make your feeling of how much you love the game of football or basketball or soccer or whatever it is. For us, it's football. That you portray that through your actions. And, uh, you know, we, we get stuck in this rut of being old people. And we have life that happens, but it's really cool and you get to engage with a young person in a sport that you love and you get to coach, uh, show them that love of the game that you have and let it maybe, it maybe reciprocates. And that person talks in 25 years about why do you love the sport that you play? It's because of X, Y, Z, or I love the game because, but remember to show that love as you're going through. Cause look, it gets a grind. It's a grind of the summer and football to basketball to whatever you coach. Um, don't ever forget that. That's kind of what I've been charged with. That's the thing about love, in my opinion, right? Because um, if you dabble in something, you're going to try it for a while. You're going to put it down. You're going to come back. The game of football never really leaves me, right? right? The good, the bad. There's an ugly side to the game of football as well. There's things I've seen in an NFL locker room that would absolutely ruin me if I was a fan. Right. If I didn't know that. Like, we all have inklings that it's going on, but to actually see yep. things going on. So I think that's what love is. It's the good, it's the bad, it's the conditional, it's the unconditional, it's all the things together. The great moments, the the the, the heartache that also comes with the game, right? All that is part of love. And if anyone who's loved anything in their life has experienced all of that, and you have to experience all of it before you can truly love it. That's right. That's a great way to put it. Holly, um, put a bow on season one, or at season 11, episode one why you love the game. It took me back. Like, I, I visualize now me bringing that burgundy case to me like, it's I'm done with the band. I'm playing football. What a what a great moment. It's a it's a Moonlight Graham moment. I think of, and this is an Iowa thing, but I think of Field of Dreams. You're right there on that foul line, consciously ready to make a decision of do I step over to help the choking child or do I stay here and play ball? Like, I got my coronet in my hand. Am I going to drop it down or am I going to get on the bus and give up this other side of me? So, Cool full circle moment. Like it, it took me back. So great way to start season 11 with this. Yep. I appreciate it. Uh, Reach out to us. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, find Coach Weaver and I. Like When you love something, you want to know more about why other people do too. So whether it's football, whether it's anything else, uh, maybe maybe there's other cornet players out there that listen to our podcast. I, I don't know, Coach Weaver, maybe. but uh, <laughs> hit us up. Let us know. Share the game. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Culture Classroom. Stay tuned for more episodes in Season 11 coming this summer.